You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And on today's episode, we're talking about how to talk to girls. Isn't that funny? That's the name of the podcast. And specifically, be high value at a party or an event. And this is going to be really important for you guys when you are going to parties and events and when you're trying to socialize in more of those warmer environments, so to speak, right? So this is not necessarily going to a bar, going to a club. This is something that you've been invited to where there's going to be a bunch of people there and you know that there's going to be some single people there. So you have to show your value and you have to learn how to communicate with the people there. And I have some incredible tips to tell you so that you'll know exactly what to do. All right, so let me tell you a little story of something I learned back in the day when it came to going to parties. So maybe you've heard the term, we arrived fashionably late, right? Like it's cool to arrive fashionably late to a party. Well, let me let you know that that is not always the case. In fact, that is mostly not going to be the case. And I'll tell you why. This is how I learned this. So this was back in about 2010. And in 2010, I was going out and I was invited to a party with a buddy of mine. We only knew the person who was hosting the party. It was some of one of his coworkers. And so, of course, we're going to go to this party. We're not going to know anybody. And the party was called for some time in the afternoon. And we showed up and no one was there. So it turned out that we were the first people there. And at the, I guess we were on time, but people just didn't show up yet. So I guess on time meant early. So no one was there, which was fine, whatever. We were talking to the host, my buddy's friend, and hanging out, maybe having a drink. And what ended up happening was very interesting. About every 10 to 15 minutes or so, new people would arrive. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part was as they would arrive, and as we became friendly with all the people who were coming in, by the end of the party, we knew everybody and we were friendly with everybody to the point where we were even introducing people to other people, people that we just met. We looked like we were the hosts of the party. And that was interesting because you never think that there's power in going to an event that early. Well, there is, especially when you don't know anyone there. So it's pretty cool. We didn't do this on purpose. We just kind of discovered it. It was like by the end of the, it was like the next day and I was talking to my buddy. We're like, wow, by the end of the party, we were like the life of the party. We knew everyone. We were socializing with everybody. It was so easy because we were there early enough to get in touch and make connections with all of these people. And then I was looking back and I was thinking, imagine if we arrived at that party fashionably late. Imagine we were there maybe like three to four hours in where everyone's already drinking, everyone's already made friends. Now imagine trying to get inside of this social group when everyone's already been talking and making friends or already know each other. Be really difficult, right? They're already having a good time and now you're just a new person. Maybe that could be interesting to them, but they're already doing their thing. So from then on out, I made a rule. Anytime I was ever to go to a party again where I didn't know a majority of the people, I was going to go on the earlier side because I'd have time to make connections and meet people. And let me tell you, it has worked out for my benefit time and time again. Now, on the other side, 
I do think, not that you have to do this, but there is something to arriving fashionably late when you already know the people, right? There's something about when you know the whole party, you, you're, it's a, your big friend circle, it's your big group, and everyone's there and you come in an hour later and it's like, hey, look, this person arrived, it's Trip. hey, what's going on, right? They're excited to see you because it's like, where has he been, what's going on, why isn't he here yet? And you actually make more of an entrance. Now, by no means am I giving the advice to show up fashionably late, I don't think it really matters when you know people, whatever. If you do, great, if you don't, whatever. But absolutely 100%, if you know you're going into something where you don't know people, arrive early so you can do that. What I mean is, so you can make those connections early on as possible. It's a little hack for you. I mean, it's crazy to think that by the end of that night, that first time I did that, literally people thought that that was my place and that was my buddy's place. They thought we lived there just because we were acting like hosts because we were talking, we knew everybody and we were just introducing people to people. Which brings me to one of my first tips in no specific order. If you want to be high value at an event or at a party, one of the best things you can do that is actually valuable to people is introduce people to each other. Sometimes that advice might seem counterintuitive. Sometimes you think, well, if I'm talking to a bunch of girls, why would I introduce those girls to other guys? And don't I want more options for myself? And aren't I supposed to make connections? Why would I want to not make a connection with this guy or this girl so another person can? You have to remember is that the value in being the introducer, the person to introduce one person and another person is so high because they are going to remember that you did that. They are gonna know in that moment that you introduced them. Now, there's many ways you can do this. One, it could be a guy-to-guy -guy introduction, right? You're talking to someone and it's your buddy and then you're talking to another person you just met and then you realize, hey, they can make a good connection because maybe they can do some work together. And then you say, hey, you know, let me introduce you to somebody. And then you walk over and you, you bring the person over to introduce them to whoever and they can make a connection. And if it's a good connection, you better believe they're both going to remember that. Also, because people just don't normally do that. It's just not a thing. People might do that when you're hosting a party. That's a different story. Obviously, that's your job. You're the host. But people don't think to act that way when they're not a host at some sort of event, party, whatever. So keep that in mind for guy-to-guy -guy interactions, also guy-to-girl interactions. If you meet a girl and you know you're not gonna be hitting on her, you're not gonna be getting her number for whatever reason, introduce her to one of your guy friends that's single or introduce the guy to that girl. Make that connection. Your buddy's gonna be so happy because the easiest approach in the world is getting introduced to the girl so you don't have to actually go over there and do it, so you're doing him a massive favor. And of course, you can do that with girl to girl too, right? So introducing a girl to another girl because whatever, they could be friends or they could do business or something like that. The introduction is huge. So you're not only being a high value because it's an actual valuable thing to do for people, but also you're just appearing high value and high status because you're a person who's putting people together. The way that I learned this was from a club promoter that I was really good friends with about a decade ago. And he basically gave me this tip because he would do it all the time. He did it with me specifically. He'd introduce me to people all the time, but I'd see him doing it with other people. And he said, man, that's one of the best things that you can do because it's not easy to introduce yourself to a stranger. So the fact that you're doing it with people is huge. Plus you just look like a leader. 
Now, I'm going to go backwards chronologically a little bit. Like I said, this is in no specific order. So obviously, that's something that is really good to do if you get the chance to do it at a party or an event. And by the way, don't be overwhelmed here. Because I'm giving this advice, that doesn't mean you got to be running around all night introducing people. Just do it a couple times. Even once in a night is pretty awesome. And if you happen to have an opportunity to do it two or three times, great. Take that opportunity and do it. Now, one of the things you want to do when you're going to a party, especially with talking to girls, because you know you might be going to a party where you're going to want to meet a girl, get a number, hook up with a girl, a lot of guys will go in there a little bit overwhelmed thinking, oh, I want to talk. I want to get a number from her and her and her. I want to get a number from all of them. This can blow up in your face. And I like for you to be a little bit more careful here and have a little bit of social awareness. So not having social awareness in a situation like this might be trying to get every girl's number at a party when some of them might be friends and then those numbers won't turn into anything because they're all talking to each other and you don't know who knows who and who knows what. So instead, I'm asking you to practice an abundance mindset, to be okay with the fact that it's totally fine to get a number from one girl at the party. Or if it doesn't work out and she just has a boyfriend, then it's fine to go for another girl. But once you get a number, it's like I would call it at that because you don't want to risk having that blow up in your face. So it's better to then just find the girl that you're super interested in and be flirting with her and then moving forward with her. Don't try to do it with every single girl, meaning don't try to get numbers from every single girl. However, with that being said, when you go to a party, I think we're working backwards chronologically here, you want to be talking to everybody. And that's the key. Talk to every single person that you can. Talk to the guys, talk to the girls. This is going to allow, by the way, for introductions, like I said in that one tip. But also, it's going to get you on the level with everyone because you're going to look like a leader. You're going to look like the host, even though you might not be the host. And that's going to make you more attractive. And then it's going to be easier for you to then pick the woman that you're actually interested in. Yeah, there might be a cute girl, but then when you talk to her, well, you're going to know she has a boyfriend. Okay. Or you might find out that she's just someone that you're not interested in. You're just not connecting. You don't really like a side of her personality. Who knows? Right? So it's good to talk to everyone, get social, and then from there, zero in on the girl that you're interested in and really lay on the flirting heavy with her. It's okay to be lightly flirty with everybody. Playful flirting is not going to be the end all be all. They're not going to think, wow, this guy's totally hitting on me. But just light flirting, light teasing, asking questions, getting to know people. That's totally fine with everyone. And then from there, you can isolate. So here's some tips for isolating. Once you're talking to the girl that you're interested in, you know she's not married, you know she doesn't have a boyfriend, you guys are hitting it off. Try to make it so you guys go to a different part of the house, the apartment, the bar, wherever the event is. Try to go somewhere else, even if it's just like going into the kitchen to get a drink or going outside to get some air. There is something to be said about spending time with one person in multiple locations. It does this weird psychological thing where it feels like you know them better and you've spent more time with them than you actually have just because you're connecting with them in literally different locations. Plus, this might be a chance for you to actually physically escalate and maybe even go for a kiss, right? If you end up going to the balcony or going somewhere where no one's really around, you guys are hanging out and you're isolated, this allows for heavier and deeper flirting, obviously getting her number at that point, and then maybe even going for a kiss if it feels like it's right. So isolating is going to be really important once you've zeroed in on that one girl.
This next tip goes without being said, but still should be said. I wouldn't go to a party and try to get absolutely trashed. Really tame the drinking. A lot of people like to go to parties. They like to drink a lot. The booze is free and there's a lot of it. And there's a lot of anxiety about being at a party. So you want to drink more. But honestly, that's probably one of the absolute worst places that you can get smashed. Why? Well, let's compare that to a bar. You get drunk at a bar. All right, no big deal. Everyone's kind of getting drunk doing their thing. You might not know everybody. Go to a party, you get too drunk and you do something stupid or say something stupid. Well, now you're in a social circle of people who know each other. You might get a bad reputation. You might just do something that's not going to look good. So be careful. And I would minimize drinking specifically at those types of events. Also, if there's food, and usually there is at parties and events, dudes, I hate to say this because you should know this, bring your gum, okay? Usually when you go out to a bar and you're talking to people, you're just drinking, so you don't really have like onion breath or garlic breath or whatever, there's no food around. These parties, that's gonna happen. Bring your gum, shove that in the second you're done eating whatever you're eating so your breath is not bad. So there you go. That's some tips for going to a party, going to an event. And if that was kind of a lot for you to take in and you have something coming up soon and you only want to use at least one of those tips, and the first thing I would tell you to do is go into that party and just make light conversation with everybody. A good opening line to talk to men or women is just, hey, what's going on? I haven't met you yet. Because you'd assume that you would maybe eventually meet them because you're at a party and people are at a party, you're socializing and talking to each other. So that is my very favorite line. Hey, what's going on? Haven't met you yet. I'm, and then say your name. Just like that. Hope that helps. Now let's go into some questions. All right, here comes a question from one of my members in Trips Corner, which I will keep anonymous. I keep everyone anonymous in there just because it is a private group and I want to make sure that you feel comfortable that if you join Trips Corner, that you can absolutely be free to ask any questions that you have. If you want to join Trips Corner, you can. All you have to do is get one of my courses or you can join the coaching program. Both of those are entrances into giving you access to the private Facebook group where myself and three other coaches are. We're there to help answer questions. And there's even 1,800 guys in there. And a lot of those guys are active and answering questions themselves. So you just get a lot of help. And now we're going to help Anonymous. He says, hey guys, do you have any good advice on how to send a first text to a girl once you get her number during an approach. I've tried several different ways, but I always end up getting ghosted. I'm all on board for going on going for the close first. Just seems like I'm missing something. Okay. So what you have to remember here is nine times out of 10, it's not the way that you're asking or texting her. It's the way in which you are interacting inside of the approach, okay? So what this means is that when a girl ghosts you, she's looking at her phone and she's saying to herself, this is someone who I did not have an interaction where I want to see this guy again. Not this text message was funny and weird and I don't like the way he asked me this. I'm just not interested anymore. Always, always, always comes back to that initial interaction, so, to diagnose this properly, and for you, Anonymous, is that if you're getting ghosted, 
You need to go back to what you're doing on the approach. You need to analyze what it is that you're saying, how you're acting, if you're flirting. You need to be paying attention to if you were having a conversation that actually brought up some sort of emotional spike inside of her so that she says, wow, okay, this is a guy who I want to interact with again. A lot of these conversations that guys have are usually on the boring side, so it just doesn't really lend itself to anything. Or it's possible that you just weren't attracted to her or attractive to her, right? So maybe she was just being friendly and having conversation, but she knew that like, she just, you know, you weren't her type. And sometimes that's just nothing you can do, but let's focus on what we can, can control, right? So what are the things we can control in an interaction? We can control the way that you're looking so we can we can address your style, your grooming, making sure that that is optimized. We can control the way that you're building tension with her, right? So inside of my TED formula that I talk about, which is tension, entertainment, dominance, right? So are you building sexual tension? Are you giving her good eye contact? When you're talking to her, do you seem kind of nervous or do you seem comfortable? Do you seem confident talking to her and charismatic? Or do you seem like you're ready to run away and you're trying to rush through the conversation? Now, you don't have to have always the most interesting conversation. If you learn inside of my coaching program, we give you a script that you'd look at that and say, this is so crazy. This looks so simple. And it is, but it's not just the questions that you might be asking. It's also the way that you're asking them, the way that you're answering her questions, and the way that you're delivering the questions. So if you go up to a girl, for example, and you're talking to her, say, hey, two seconds, I wanted to come meet you. And say, hey, you know, where are you from? And she answers, and you say, oh, cool. And you just go right to the next question. Well, what do you do? Okay, now you're talking and just trying to get through the conversation instead of slowing down, relaxed, chatting with her, maybe commenting on something she said, maybe in between questions, inserting something about yourself that you can talk about that is relevant to you so she can get to know you. So there's a lot here and a lot to be said here. Big point is you need to be looking back and seeing what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? One of the ways that we actually help you in the coaching program is we teach you how to record these approaches so we can listen into you and we can actually give you direct feedback on what it is that you're saying right and what you're doing wrong. So if you want that direct feedback, don't hesitate. Get to tripadvicecoaching.com and we can work with you. But you can also diagnose this on your own. The best way to diagnose it is whatever you're doing now is not working. So in order to fix it, you need to do something different. So I'd make one little change at a time in the interaction so you can see if you end up making a change. So it can be with your eye contact, with the way that you're asking her the questions, with some of the little small talk that you're having in between questions, with the way that you're reacting to her. A lot of guys ask me, how do you make a conversation more interesting and not so boring? Easiest way to do it is polarizing. Polarizing, polarizing, polarizing. The most interesting people in the world are polarizing because they're saying things that are on one end of the spectrum or the other. So really think about what it is that's going on in conversation. If she says, oh, I'm from California, just as, a, as an example, you can say, California, that is the absolute worst place to live. I can't believe you're from there. Now, of course, you do this with a smile because it's a joke and you're being somewhat serious, but somewhat nice. Or you can say, California, I love California. I love it. I can't wait to visit there. I, it, it's, I've heard it's amazing and I just already love it even though I haven't been there. 
whatever. Polarizing means you're taking a stance on one thing or the other. You can do this with things that she likes, places, obviously, like, like I said, where she's from. You could do it on things that she's done, places uh, that she's traveled to, things that she does on the weekend, anything she's talking about. It doesn't matter. Just pick a side. Even if it seems like you're being playful and you're exaggerating and it's not so truthful, just do it. You're going to see more of a reaction from her in conversation. Look at some of the most charismatic leaders. Watch some of their speeches. Watch how they talk and watch how they take stances. Watch people who are generally boring and look how they don't do that, right? So it's always good to bring up more emotion in the conversation by bringing emotion into it. All right, next question from Anonymous. Hello, everyone. So it's been about two months that I'm dating this girl that I met online. However, she's vegan and she doesn't like me eating meat in front of her. She's very clingy and she texts me all the time, sending me to TikTok videos all the time. And her self-esteem is very low. We had sex multiple times, but it's been like two weeks that when we try to have sex, my part doesn't get excited much. And I don't know what is the reason. I mean, she's not bad physically, but I think I'm missing something in her. And then he says, is this person good for me? Dash. She texts me all the time and sends me videos. She doesn't like school. She thinks that she is not a good learner and everyone is better than her. She is vegan, which means I can't eat sorts of things in front of her. She already wants me to meet her family. Her room is messy, and that means her life is messy. She's around animals. She's a vet. And all day I'm worried about diseases. Feedback and advice are much appreciated. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Well, bottom line, <laughs> simply put, this woman is clearly not a good fit. And I bring this up. And I want to talk about this question specifically because I feel like a lot of guys will do this. By the way, I'm guilty. I've done this in the past. There's a woman who gives us attention and we're attracted to her, although it seems for you anonymous that you don't even think that she doesn't seem that attractive to you. But anyway, we find a woman attractive. She's giving us attention. And as guys, we don't at default always get that. So what is it? Well, it's very easy with something like that to let a girl stick around. And then what happens? Well, when a person sticks around long enough, you build a little bit of a connection to them. But then over time, you might find out all these things, like this person is finding out, right? He has a long list of things that doesn't work out. And so you come to this point where now you ask a question like this, because you're asking yourself, should I be with this person? Is this someone who I can be with? The clear and obvious answer is no. You can't probably see that as easily because... You are too much involved with her at this point. You already have feelings for her. You already feel that connection. You know that if you move on from her, you're going to be alone all again. You're not going to get sex. And it's just not, you know, that's not ideal either. But it doesn't matter. I don't care not ideal, how I, not ideal it is for you to be alone. You should never, ever be with someone that you're settling for. And clearly in this case, Anonymous, you are settling. Because you have a laundry list of complaints. And by the way, valid complaints. All of these are completely valid, except for the one about worrying about diseases from the vet. I don't know if that should be an issue for you. Um, but the rest of them, these are definitely problems. She seems like she does have low self-esteem. She needs a lot of time from you. And she doesn't seem to have her life together. 
So why ask yourself, why are you with this person? There's a very simple technique here. The one that pertains to logic over emotion. And that's good because you should be listening to logic most of the time. The logic is this. If you have more things about a person that you don't like than you do like, you are with the wrong person. That can be on a level of friendship, dating, relationship, marriage. Marriage might be a little bit different because in that case, there's, there's things that you might want to try to work out. But for this situation, you just you barely met this girl. Two months, according to what you said here. This is not someone that's for you. I think that your self-esteem is very low because you seem to be staying with someone who you don't like. So I believe that because of that, you don't think that you have the ability to be with someone who might be better for you. Because we all know that there's going to be another woman out there who, are, who is not going to have these qualities. So you're asking what you should do here. Any advice appreciated? You need to get into a new relationship. I think it's very simple that this person is not for you. I mean, for crying out loud, she's vegan to the point where she won't let you eat meat in front of her. Now, I've never dated a vegan before. I don't know many vegans. Actually, that's not true. I know one vegan. The vegan that I know, that person does not care if I'm eating meat in front of them. So whether vegan's the problem or not, the problem is, is you guys aren't able to connect. Not on the level that you need to and the level that it could be at. And there is so much more available to you out there than someone who has this laundry list of bad qualities. So anonymous, move on. All right, here is a question from someone in my Trips Corner private Facebook group. Let's answer it. Anonymous says, hey friends, I'm probably falling back into my anxious attachment overthinker ways, but perhaps some of you had, have advice or insight. Last Friday night, I had a great date. It lasted five hours, went to three different places, drinks, apps. We were introduced through a mutual friend. There were plenty of signs she liked me, touching, laughing a lot willingness to keep the date going. I knew I was good for the kiss at the end and it led into a full-blown makeout session for a good several minutes. We exchanged texts to let each other know we made it home. I thought that would be it, but she proceeded to ask what was the high and low of the evening. I responded, the high was kissing her. There was no low. She told me her high was my laugh. She thanked me for taking charge of the evening and then commented she should have followed me home so she could get a foot rub. I told her maybe next time. I wish her good night at the, that point. It was almost 1 a.m. She had a gym time to keep. Here's where I wonder if I fucked up. I shot her text the next afternoon asking if she made it to her personal trainer. We slowly exchanged some messages and I learned she had nothing going on that night. Since I don't free up until next week, I asked if she wanted to join me for espresso martinis. First, she declined and offered I come there, but she changed her mind because her place was a mess and she didn't have time to get ready. She asked for a rain check. I told her it was cool. Now, other than a good morning, we each sent each other Sunday and Monday mornings. I've heard nothing from her. A stark contrast to last week when she was very chatty each day and excited to meet. Do you think my invite for another date the next night came off needy and was a huge turnoff? Do I continue to hold off contact until I know when my schedule opens up for next week? Is it me or does anyone else find they have good to great first dates 
ending with kissing, only to see the air go out of the balloon days later. What could I be doing wrong? So confusing. This is a fantastic question. Now, to be honest, and I know we don't like to hear these answers, but it's possible we're just not going to know for sure exactly what happened. This is just the reality when it comes to a situation where the girl ghosts or isn't as interested. Sometimes we'll just never know. Like it could be something completely out of our control, something that has nothing to do with what we did. Who knows what's going on in their life, whatever. But I always like to give my best guess as to what you're giving me in terms of this story and what's happening. My first thought is neediness. Many ways in here you showed neediness. And neediness is one of the most unattractive traits when it comes to getting with a woman, building attraction. A woman never wants to know that you're needy. And so here are the, all the different ways that I think you were acting needy, or we'll say in combination with neediness, almost showing too much interest and not allowing there to be some mystery. One, she asked you the high and low of the night. You said high was the kiss. Low was, there was no low. So that just, I don't know. I know we don't want to play games here and I'm trying to get you not to, but it's just, it's like too much. Like the kiss was amazing and, and nothing went wrong. You're perfect. Everything's perfect. Like that's almost like what you were saying to her. I would have been more playful with it. And also I would have not answered that night. I would have texted her the later that next afternoon to show her that you're just not available all the time to be texting. Women don't want you to be available all the time for texting. They say they might want you to be, but really attraction builds when there's a little bit more distance. So I would have answered the next day and I would have said something, for example, like the high of the evening was... Uh, you know, I don't know, the, nothing about her, just like the amazing food we ate or that place or that drink. And the low of that evening, and this is where you could tease her, right? So you can tease her on something that she did, uh, something that she said. So reference something that she said, like the low of that evening is when you told me that you love watching, you know, reality TV. Oh, you're the worst. Okay. Clearly this is a tease and joking around. This is going to spike emotion and this is going to make it look like you're not trying to be so easy to get. Although I do like when she mentioned the foot rub and you said, maybe next time. That's good. It's like, maybe next time. Like, we'll see. Now, other things that show neediness. The fact that you guys are saying good morning to each other every morning and or most mornings, Sunday and Monday morning. You guys aren't in a relationship yet. Even in a relationship, you shouldn't be doing that. There needs to be more mystery, more distance. It's not attractive when you're so available. She needs to feel like there's a little bit of a challenge to get you. That challenge is so important. I talk about that in my TED formula. That is part of T. That is part of building that attraction. You do that through not giving her everything. And in here, it feels like you are. So let's see. You also mentioned the big part of, of this question of hanging out with her the next day. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. You don't want to be hanging out with her the next day. First of all, if you try to do that and she says no, you're in big trouble because now you got to ask her again. And now it seems like you just really want to see her. You have nothing else going on in your life. You don't seem like a busy person. I would be doing the thing that you're trying to do now, which is ask her out when you're free, but do it at a time 
when it's at least a few days later. So you can ask her out the next day. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. You know, ask her out the next day just to keep things moving, but don't do it for that night. Do it for the next week. Don't try to see her more than twice in a week, especially in the very beginning of dating. Hopefully you are busy dating other women or busy doing other things. In fact, I don't think she deserves your time, that much time in the very beginning of dating, not yet at least, because it's going to do what? One thing, which is help build that attraction so you're not always that available. And two, it's going to allow you to do all the other things that you should be doing in your life. You should be a busy guy. You should be working on your path, your purpose, your career, your friends, dating other women so you can be in abundance so you're not so needy for her. So be really careful about trying to see them the very next day, even if they are the ones who propose it. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, great questions in Trip's Corner. Amazing. If you have a question, you can also email me, trip at tripadvice.com. You can put in the subject line podcast question and I'll answer your question there. So wherever we are, I will find the questions and I will help you. Hope this helps. Go to the show notes to get some of the links from what we discussed today. If you need coaching, tripadvicecoaching.com. If you want to get a course to get inside of the members area in Trip's Corner, you can get hooked at getterhooked.com. You can also get my infield breakdown course, which is available as well. And I wish you the best. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you on the next episode.